Jeez. You just cough right into it right Did when I? we started? Probably. God damn, I love you so much. I'm not going to I love her. Everyone, I it's Dave and Jeff <laughs> on Labor Day doing a podcast as <laughs> Jeff's looking at Instagram, looking uh, at his phone. Well, I, I hadn't. Dave was getting everything set up, and I'm going to tell you something, Dave. Yeah. I, I'm not a guy to jump to conclusions. <laughs> But there is something about this Lisa Ann. I cannot figure it out. But there's something going on there. She is she's wonderful for the charities. Uh, she really into fantasy football. Yeah. But I tell you what, I don't know. They must be having Santa Anna's up there wherever she lives in L.A. Blew her top right off. <laughs> Took her top right <laughs> off. I hope she finds it. You know, she's doing a, a, an event as well. She was great helping us out, and we're, yep. we're trying to do other things as well. You want to be very supportive. And so yeah. she's doing an event concerning October 6th. about Alzheimer's and yep. Alzheimer's Walk in Huntington Beach. And I so, said I'd go. If anybody wants to go, I, I'll I, go. You know, I want to go too. And so, you know, obviously there's a donation page. But when sure. she posts pictures, the way she's posting pictures, you're like, I'm going to go empty my bank account. Yeah, I'll sign over everything. <laughs> Here you go. Brand new car. It's all yours. Just take it. <laughs> just take it just go and like they do uh like they do when you get uh checked yeah at the when you have to get like fingerprinted for a new job and you just put that thumbprint on she can just give us a copy of that picture with her thumbprint she doesn't even have to sign it uh i've i have a lot of palais family things to talk about tonight. oh good your son jake has now started a YouTube page. You know already that he started a YouTube page? I watched it today. Now, oh. and the great thing is I, I I loved it, then I hated it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm curious to know. Again, I've seen one thing that he posted. That's what I saw. Okay. Now, the first part of it that I loved was him just strolling around, and he's getting yelled at by your wife. Jacob! <laughs> and now that made me laugh, okay? Anytime we can get Rita yelling on any form of audio. Yes. And he doesn't even break stride. No, She's, he never does. She starts yelling at him, but then he puts a raw egg in his mouth. Yeah. With the shell, no, too. Yeah, no, no. Just takes a full raw egg. Yeah, not like he I didn't, I didn't like any part of that at all. And, I thought and, that was gross. What's he doing? I, I have no idea what he told me. Is I'm he gonna, having a breakdown? Yeah, I think so. He told me I'm going to do a YouTube channel. I said, okay. And then he says to me, first thing we're going to do, I want you to punch me in the face as hard as you can. <laughs> And I said, no. no. I go, I will break your face, and then I got to take you to the hospital. I'm not yeah. going to punch you in the face. What's and he, then Johnny Knoxville already that, did that dude, show. You hit it right on the head. I said the same thing. Don't steal other guys' stuff. That's yeah. not your deal. And then he's told his buddy, pepper spray me. I go, no, do You've not pepper spray. have already done that. So I go, no, we aren't doing that. And then I saw, as you said, he didn't tell me, but he took a full egg, and he shoved it in his mouth, and he ate it with the shell. Now, here's the one that I would watch. Yes. If we could get a youth soccer team to line up. Yeah. And see how many kids could kick him in the nuts before yeah. he quit. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Just get a bunch of fourth graders to kick him in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. See, Just tee up. and my wife will freak out because she'll go, I want grandchildren one day. We aren't doing that. But I, I told him also, don't go, because he's walking around filming the people in the house. Oh, you can't do that either. And I said that, don't film me. Don't film your mom. Don't film. We've gone through this whole thing. And yeah. I said, and, he, and I'm like, stop. And so, but my wife cracks me up because my wife, as you said, she gets really mad and yeah. then she's super nice. Jacob, that's it. Get out of my house. I don't want to see you again. There are cutlets on the stove. Like that, <laughs> lose her shit, and then she's like the uh, she's like the the wife in the Batman videos. 
The guy who yeah 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 yeah. I love I I love Bad Dad. So he's. He sits there and he does this move, but what he and he does it. Uh, he's trying to become a stand-up comedian, but one of his routines cracks me up. He does it fully on my wife about how mad she can get, but then she always offers with, and, and I just cooked a fresh lasagna. It's in the stove. It's still warm. Like always, <laughs> it's like I'm gonna kill you, and then guess what? I also made you dinner. It just, yeah. it's insane. She can't stop being nice. She doesn't know how to stop, how to draw the line in the sand. But yeah, so he has this. YouTube channel. That's funny that you found it. Did he text you and say, hey, Jeff, check no, it out? No, I, uh, I follow him on Instagram, okay. so I saw it there. Like I said, I like the start of it, but then I'm like, that's just dumb. Yeah. But if we could get, see, what I would watch, too, is I would watch that, and then I'd watch, like, peewee football kids throw footballs at him. Yeah. And see how many of those he could take. But, like, I, I, yeah, pepper spray. Guys have already done that. Dude, and the deal is you screw that up, next thing you know, you're blind. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're on... Uh, real sports. Yeah, I have no idea what he's doing. All but right, I, here's anyway, the other go thing. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I got to apologize for a mistake yesterday, so go Good. Ahead. Been bugged. That bugged me all day. I don't have any idea what happened. <laughs> uh, so we're here early tonight because Diablo's got a new gig tomorrow. Yeah, how about that? And, and it's funny, Dave, because I think, I think people, like I'd be fascinated to hear other people when they think about first day of work. Yeah. Now- the the thing is, because uh, it's kind of in North County where you're going. We won't say where you're going, but it's, oh, you're right, North County, Del Mar area, Del Mar. So you your whole routine that you've had for really more than two years changes tomorrow, right? Yeah, it does. It does. As far as have you, for the most part, people ask me all the time. Have you ever sat in an office with a desk? Like an eight-hour-a-day job. People have asked me that. 800? But have it's you a, done it since 800? No, not since 800. And 800, Holy I used shit. to. I'll That's be honest with 14 you. 14 years ago. On, this eight, on ESPN 800, because so much of it was basically syndicated. Most of it was until you yeah. and I went on there. So there wasn't a lot to do. For me, I was signing affidavits. I wasn't yeah. programming the station so much. But Did you have to be there at a specific yes, time? Yes, I had to be there 9 to 5.30 was when I was supposed okay. to be there. But, but that was but, downtown. Yeah, but here's what I did. I negotiated the contracts with USC, the Angels, and Lakers basketball. Okay. And so I would say, hey, look, here's the deal. I got to be out of here by one o'clock because I got to get up to Anaheim and show our face. That's what our station does. No. No. Home. Yeah, exactly. Because there was nothing to fucking do. And I was able to follow the station. Obviously, you just turn the radio on if something bad happened and you kept it going and that was the deal. But it wasn't to, it wasn't the job they promised me where, hey, you're going to bring Jeff on. It's going to be the Dave and Jeff show in 2002. That didn't get going until 2004 until I got approval for that. But, and I was going to be able to hire, you know, I was, I was looking at Kaplan. I was looking at Costa. I was looking at all these guys I was going to steal to make the dream station. All right, but en- enough about that. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care. I okay, care. I was so, bored. All right, so tomorrow there's a bunch of different questions for yeah. tomorrow. How much have you thought today about what you'll wear to work tomorrow? I already know what I'm wearing. It's like the first day of school. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It is. Now, yeah. uh, do you know your your route? As far as getting up there. No, here's here's the interesting thing about the job. The job is uh, d- just is it's basically a real estate acquisition company. It's okay. not what it's not what Brian Curry does. It's not no. it's not homes, but basically it has to do with the cell phone industry and towers and everything else. Long story short, uh, my son Josh got a job working there, and they're hey they're we're hiring, and I was saying you know what he Josh works six to two thirty. Yeah. And coaching baseball is my favorite thing to do. And Josh goes, man, they need guys that can basically speak for a living. That it seems like it's right up your alley. Do you want to do it? And I said, man, I, I like the idea of working with my kid. We're going to yep. carpool every day. We get along great. 
he's in a, a different team, then I'll be on a different team. But at the same time, well, you know, we get to spend time in the car. He's just happy someone's going to pay half the gas and at the same time carpool, use the carpool lane. So we're we're working together, which is strange. Not only am I going back to something like yeah. that, but it's you're right. It's six in the morning. It starts at six, goes at two thirty, gives me a chance to still stay with the baseball. What I was going to do on this move and I wasn't going to tell Josh this and want to know because Josh and I, we figured out our desks are about five feet from each other. We're really oh, close. Boy. Like our offices are right next to each other. I was going to take an eight by 10 picture of Josh and add it to my wall every single day until someone says, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was good to my son. I miss him. Well, while I'm at work, <laughs> yeah. I miss him. He's right there, asshole. You know, I'm waiting <laughs> to see how long it will take before somebody okay. calls me out. Don't, but yeah. don't make it obnoxious for your well, son. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pull that move. But I was just thinking, how far could I okay. go? Okay, here's my free advice for I'll you. I'll just put eight by 10 pictures of, of the Dave and Jeff show. Yeah, just put those up. <laughs> Lisa put, and pictures, Lisa make and, it run out. Yes. Lisa and Geekster and Fryer. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? That's my mom, yes. my dad, yes, and my uh, my pen pal. <laughs> I sponsor her. She's a fashion model in yeah. Costa Rica. Um, <laughs> all right, here's here's some free advice yes. for somebody who's okay, done this for two it. years. Number one, now you're gonna think all these are dumb, but they're not. Number one, leave early. And what I do is I leave, uh, I don't have to be to Carlsbad till 8, but I try to leave every day by 6.30 because, well, I'm going to, hang on, I'll come back to that in a second. Let me go back one other thing. If you can get over to the 5, get over to the 5 because the drive that I take, and I get on it at Balboa, uh yeah, Balboa Grand Garnet yeah. right there. It is fucking a straight shot. Like from there, from where I get on to where your guys' office would be, yeah. it'd probably be ten minutes. Okay. If you're on the eight oh five, this is for anybody. Eight oh five is just a fucking joke. And avoid the fifty two if you can too. Uh avoid the eight. Avoid I mean if if you could go, I don't know what it'd be like in the morning, but my advice for you would be Get over to the five and just deal with what you got to deal with downtown, maybe 54, and then get up there. But here's the key, Dave. Get into Del Mar. You have to be there at what time? Six in the morning. Oh, fuck you. No, but, <laughs> but you said for the first couple for, of weeks. For, uh, nine o'clock. Okay. Nine to five thirty first couple of weeks. Fuck, you'll have no traffic issues at all, which would be great. Um, But the thing that's really nice for me is I get up there by... 7.15, sometimes 7. Okay. Go somewhere, find a Starbucks, right? Whatever you like, cup of coffee, read the paper, chill out. Changes your whole day. Because if you spend that time in the commute and then you immediately go into work and then you got to deal with that, it feels like you've just been fucking beat up nonstop since you got in a car. But if you have that opportunity to stop for a half hour, 35 minutes, and just read the paper or bullshit with Josh and and get a bite, get a bagel, do do whatever, get an OJ. You see some regular people. It's like it completely changes everything. And then when you go to the office, you're like, oh fuck, I feel pretty good. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's the mental game. You know what's kind of cool also about this is that Josh was saying before I even thought about ever working with Josh is how many people listen to this podcast. Mm. And so it's <laughs> that was exciting to know that, hey, you know what? There are people that are fans of the show. They listen to us on radio. It's not like I'm going in and oh, there's the new guy. It's one of those of, hey, I'm familiar with Dave from the Dave and Jeff show because I still listen to the podcast and pay attention to those guys. 
So if there's something negative that you say, it's coming back. If they say they like coach, next thing you know, you're doing coach 99% of the time. <laughs> it's fine. We'll do that. Now, uh, how long do you get for lunch? 30 minutes. That's it. As Josh said, not enough time to even leave the office. You're going to have to sit there and eat right while you're there. Yeah, see. So 30 minutes. No hour. No hour. Now, could you take an hour? Yeah, but then I probably got to stay longer. You got to do eight hours a day. Sure. Yeah. All right. It's crazy. Yeah, these motherfuckers. It's like that movie Dumb and Dumber where I can't believe there are any jobs. Yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, See, that to me is the other thing that's great is I I have friends that take half hour in my office. Yeah. I take full advantage of the hour every day, and I don't care if I stay there late because it completely breaks up the day. And really the key is to – look, I I love where I work. Yeah. I love the people I work with. Um, they treat me great. My team is fantastic. I have a new guy starting tomorrow who's a great dude, and so we'll get him trained up and we'll be ready to go, Just funny. I completely forgot he's in tomorrow. Do you have to train him? Yeah. Like, you have to train him? Do yeah, we, were you a, in on the hiring? Yeah. Okay, you got to go through the interview process and turn people away? Uh, no, we like this guy okay. right from the start. But the other two guys on my team are like, you're going to drive this fucker right out the door because he's <laughs> such a smart ass. You're going to make him nuts. Leave him alone. Uh, but the kid's a Viking fan. I'm like, there you go. I told these two, I'm like, you're going to fucking walk him in every day on his chariot like he's a Roman god. You sit there and shut up about your Niners <laughs> and about your Kansas City Chiefs. But um, But if you can get out, and just kind of recharge, check in on the radio, yeah. do whatever, and then you come back. Like, for me, I try to go every day at 1, because then you come back, you go, shit, I got three hours left. It's no big deal. Yeah. So, it's funny, Dave. You'll you'll get yourself into the routine, the whole thing. But it, it's similar to what kids go through with school, where, uh, like, the three-day weekend blew by so fast. I yeah. can't believe it's already done. But then I go, well, shit, tomorrow I get to see all my buddies. My buddy Tony's going to fucking own me because he's a bears fan uh my buddy pat's gonna fucking kill or yeah he's a bears fan uh my buddy pat's gonna fucking kill me because he's a chiefs fan and i'm just gonna get the shit beat out of me all day tomorrow about the khalil mack trade but uh, but yeah congrats man it's a good time no so what do you do for lunch you have to pack a lunch yeah actually i have to pack a lunch that's what i figured Isn't out that funny that's when's funny. the last time you did that god dang man. high school you go to Target? And get the, I get didn't the, go to shit. My wife went and picked everything up, loaded up the refrigerator. She goes, here's a salad, here's this, here's that, here's, and she's all telling me what I'm taking. packs? Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, the whole deal. So, yeah, it's kind of kind of funny. Yeah, I've not packed a lunch since since high school. Funny thing about, about packing a lunch, when you were in school, uh-huh. did you buy your lunch or did you bring your lunch to school? It's a great question. In high school, I brought it. When I was a kid, we had lunch tickets, which okay. was so fun because we just all sit got there. Got the two chocolate milks? Yep. Hang out <coughs> at San Diego. San Diego wasn't bad, but but we just packed it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it. when I went from this, the way the school broke up was fourth grade. Then then you went to a school, a separate school for fifth and sixth grade. Yep. Then a separate school. This is in Tennessee, seventh and eighth grade. Then high school was four years. Mm-hmm. But it was right after fourth grade. I remember my mother saying, from now on, you're making your lunch. You want yeah. anything to eat my in the next day? My kids do the same thing. Yeah. This is on you. And you're going to do it the, the night before. You're not going to do the last minute deal. And so, man, I eat the same thing. My wife kills me My, all the time yeah. because I decide what I like and I stay with it. Yeah. But, man, I had bologna sandwich. Yeah. I had goddamn sour cream and onion potato chips. Yep. And I had uh, the hostess ding dong. And I chucked it okay. right right in there in, in the paper bag. And then I ate the same damn thing for six years. Yeah. That's it. My kids do the same thing every day. 
pack up the same yeah. thing every now and then. Do they, they both eat up. the same thing? No, completely different. But like certain certain elements are the same. But it's just funny. Like for everybody, I'm guarantee everybody there. If I said to you, uh, "What'd you do last Wednesday at work?" For anybody listening right now, you go, well, "Fuck, I don't know." Yeah. What'd you do your first day? Yeah. On this job, what do you and <clears throat> and more importantly, do you remember? The night before your first day. Fuck, people, I guarantee you remember. Because you're thinking about traffic coming up now. Shit, man, you can't even get out and move around. But, um, like, if you guys had the opportunity, you wanted to go to lunch, what do you have around you? What do you have there around your office? I'm sure there's tons of stuff. I mean, it's Del Mar, oh, right? I fucking, mean, there has to be something. Be there has to be there, fucking scouting trip, There has kid. to be. <laughs> there has to be tons of stuff. Again, it's not like going to a place where I don't know anyone. I mean, and, the guy, person I'm closest to is going to be sitting right next to me. I'm sitting in the car with him. He's kind of going to walk it me through it. He's been through it for a long time. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be fine. He, just, he already told me because he, you know, when we go in, he, he says, "I don't think I can call you dad." And so, well, I don't expect you to call me dad, but he says, "I'm going to drive you nuts." And I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, I'm the kind of guy that likes to work, and then when I get a deal done, then I like to walk around a little bit, then I get back on, recharge, and I, I go for the next one." And so uh, he goes. I know you, you're going to get upset with me for walking around. You're going to go sit your ass back oh, down yeah. and do your shit. He goes, you know, you aren't there to judge me. You're, you're there right. to do your own thing. Like, How weird is that? I didn't think about you're it until he, till he brought it up. I'm not his dad. I'm not yeah. basically a supervisor, his life supervisor. I, he's he's ahead. the same thing as baseball. Yeah, he's he ahead was, of me in the country. He's, he's ahead of me in the company, and yeah. that's it. Um, But in baseball, it was the same thing. Yeah. In baseball, you had to you had to separate the relationship, right? Yeah. Well, that's it's funny. I should ask Brett Boone this question because I just saw him today when Bob was his manager. Mm. Did you call Bob Dad? Well, <laughs> what, what did Josh and Jake call you? They call me Dad. Well, yeah, I guess they yeah. were eight. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's kind of because Bob yeah. was his manager with the Reds, with right? the Reds, with Aaron yeah. too. Remember that he he had the Larkin brothers and yeah. he had the Boone brothers at the same time. But yeah, it's like, what do you what do you call him? Do you call him Dad? Do you call what do you call him Pops? Do you call him Coach? What do you what do you even say to him? But it, uh, it it will be an interesting life experience that we're never going to forget because you don't know how long this lasts between Correct. what he's doing and he's doing a fantastic job. Here's here's what I think my, my goal is, okay? All right. Is that he tells me once a month they bring in the taco guy. Everybody has oh, a taco fun. guy in San nice. Diego. So sure. once a month they bring in the taco guy. Well, his first month there, he set the company record by eating 17 tacos, okay? <laughs> If I can beat his record in the first month, I think that would be impressive. Why? He knocked someone Christ. else off. He got one of those big championship belts and walks around the office yeah. playing the the wrestling music, walking around. But it's, uh, I was like, if I can get 18 tacos down, I go, yeah. well, now I'm the new king in town. You're the fucking frat boy. <laughs> Calm down, Frank the Tank. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Not street legal. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. They didn't bring you in there to fucking eat tacos, you dipshit. I don't know if I can get 18 down. Uh, as my uh, friend Melissa yeah. says, newsflash, dipshit. <laughs> and, uh, God damn. I, I did mess up a story, though, yesterday. Uh, Remember yeah, when I was telling this. you about Nick Saban and Josh and threatening to kill him? Yeah. He says to me, I listened to the podcast. He didn't threaten to kill me. He says he was going to beat my ass. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll, well, I'll, 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 cor I'll correct it on today's show. Yeah. yeah, well, that makes a big difference. What a beautiful guy. What a beautiful guy. Uh, I got out of here yesterday and went up to L.A. Got out, went right up to L.A. David, it was crazy to go to L.A. on a day when you could just pretty much get around. Is that right? Yeah. That's cool. Sunday afternoon, right through Orange County. No traffic. Uh, no traffic. 
and had dinner in El Segundo uh, at a fun place with our, our pal Erica. I'm telling you, man, it's an exciting time for this show. It's an exciting time for this show. There are a lot of things that are going on. Our friend Kyle Fluger has redone the website. The website will be completely overhauled. I'm so excited about that. I'm so thankful to Kyle for that. Um, along with that, we're we're moving to Patreon. We're moving to Patreon. And um, what's going to happen is still to be determined. But it is going to be, you are still going to get the show for free. However... It will be a couple of days delayed, and yeah. the Patreon. And look, it's just the way podcasts go. Um, it it's cost me money to drive down here. Cost everything. Not gonna be crazy, no, but if you want it, all. you won't even know it. <laughs> I, it's not. I don't think it's a big deal at all. Yeah. Um. So so that's coming, but we're gonna do things too with the Patreon site that are gonna be. Dave and I are are pretty committed to to just. Uh, not being like, well, okay, you're paying a few bucks a month, and it, it's really going to be, what would we, we say? Was it five bucks? Five bucks. Five bucks a month. Five bucks. That's it. You'll we didn't have... go to the 10. We didn't go to the 20. We didn't no, do any of that Jesus shit. Christ. We went, we no. went as, as affordable as we could possibly go. And there will be, um, for the Patreon subscribers, there will be events. Yes. And I also would like, um, because there's a couch that could host probably six, seven people. Yeah. I'd like Patreon. I'd, I'd like you guys to be down here. I'd like you to be part of it. Um, that's and, why I put it here. No joke. That's, yeah. the, that's why. I thought that's the way we were going to go. Yeah. Uh, we'd like you to be here and be part of it. So the Patreon is coming. So what's going to happen is that'll be five bucks a month. That's it. Um, and if you pay that five bucks a month when we tape a show on Sunday and we tape a show on Monday, you'll get them those nights. Yeah. Um, otherwise... They will still load on iTunes, but they'll load on iTunes and SoundCloud and everything else Wednesday and Thursday. Yep. So you still get it, um, but there'll probably be bonus shows. My feeling is there will be bonus shows that will be Patreon only. Um, and what I would like to do is I think the long-form interviews will be on Patreon. So this show that you've grown accustomed to it will still be available on Wednesday and Thursday for free. If you subscribe, it'll show up. You don't have to do anything else. But uh, for the people that are that are taking this for us, um, you know, when Matt Coyle has a new book coming out, and I want to talk to him about the ability to do it, that'll that'll be that will not go on iTunes and SoundCloud. That'll be a bonus content for you. Uh, honestly, I think the Trotter interview probably. I don't know. Be up to me and Dave. We'll figure it out. My guess would be it'll be Patreon, because it's what you're seeing. It's it's the way. So yeah. again, nothing major. I don't even know what it breaks down to. If you figure uh, ten shows a month, eight to ten shows a month, fifty cents, right? That no shit. That's not right. What is it? Do the math, Dave. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, about fifty cents. Yeah, be about right. Yes. Yeah. So. uh Fuck, I hit it, right? I don't know. So that's coming. We need a new logo. I And I know everybody, uh, and we dig our own grave. Ernie Martinez drew a logo for us that was really great and was really fun. We kind of feel like the show's going to the next level. 
So if you know anybody who's a graphic artist, we would like them to to do submit something. It. Yeah, submit it. Send it over to uh, DavePallet at Yahoo.com, JPDotset at Yahoo.com. Send them over because we just kind of want something that the website that Kyle put together looks really nice, really stylish, and we're super excited about that. And then this meeting that I had last night that went for two and a half hours is just different things that this show is going to do. And... I mean, they're talking about Santiago, Chile, and all these different things. And I said at this meeting, I said, well, you know, the great thing about getting divorced. <laughs> That's a great way to start a sentence. And our friend Erica, who a lot of you met at the event, goes, what? what? Yeah. I go, you're right. You're right. Anytime kids are involved or, or anytime, there's nothing great about a divorce. But the great thing about this divorce is I said, we could go anywhere we want to go. And so there's TV things coming with this show. There's all kinds of exciting things. And we want all of you to come along for the ride. We are very thankful to the people that word of mouth. And I mean this to my boy Leisure. I mean it to Geekster. I mean it to Maggie and Miserable Padre fan and everybody in between. Um Everybody that when this show started, and especially at the start of this year, when shit felt like it was coming off the rails, man. God damn, it felt like it was coming off the rails. All of you that hung with us and kind of got us through it, man, we we it's going to be great. We're going to build this fucking Little League field, uh, and then we're going to do that. I was asked last night, if you guys do it in San Diego, do you want to do it nationally? Because we have a group that can do it. I go, fuck yeah, we want to do it nationally. Let's go do it. So, yeah, we're excited. We got a business deal coming with Kaplan. We're going to be part of the Sided family. Uh, he and Allie uh, said to me today on Twitter, did you mention our great lunch at Brigantine? I think <laughs> I did, but if I didn't, it was so fun to go and meet with those guys, what, what Scott and Allison are putting together on Sided. And Dave and I are going to be part of that Sided family, and we're really excited about that. And we did. We had a blast at lunch at the Brigantine. So that's going to be something. Kaplan's coming down, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. He's going to come down. We'll get you all squared away on that. And there'll be cross-promotion. Scott will mention, and we'll mention it. It's just it's cool, man. It's an exciting time, wouldn't you say? Oh, I would. It, it's very exciting. Things are definitely moving in the right direction, more so than I've ever felt before through our career as far as so many Correct. different options and because things that we have coming through. control of it. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It's a lot of fun. This uh, The whole podcast thing has opened a lot of doors for us, and we've had a chance to meet a lot of people that we didn't get a chance to meet on the right. radio, which is, has been absolutely fantastic. It's, uh, it, it, is int it, it is interesting. It's great. You know, one of the things that, that we've talked about a lot this year, unfortunately, has been suicide, and we raise money for suicide prevention. I had a listener reach out to me yesterday and sent me an email, and, and I'm sure they contacted me because of what I went through with my father, but they had a, a suicide in their family yesterday. And what was the uh, relationship? The relationship was it was the the person who wrote me was his son's father-in-law. Okay. Oh shit. Okay, got it. So I understand it was his daughter-in-law's mm -hmm. dad, and they have grandchildren. And and you know when here's the deal. I, I I got this email and and I didn't check my email for a couple of days, and mm -hmm. I realized he sent it to me the day before. I don't know how to answer back. I mean, outside of, hey, this is what I've been through. At the same time, I appreciate anybody who wants to reach out and wants to talk. I'm not an expert. I can tell no. you how I, what I felt 
I wrote him back. I said, I wish I could make it better through this email. I know I can't. I said, I know you're going to have questions for the rest of your lives and your grandkids are going to have questions and feel sorry for your family. Don't be afraid to anybody out there, whether it's something like this or it's depression, get professional help. Yeah. That's why they are professionals. Don't yeah. be embarrassed. You know, you, you don't have all the answers. Nobody expects this to happen in your life. But at the same time, the podcast has opened up a lot of doors, a lot of avenues. It's a horrible circumstance, and I didn't know what to say back to make it better. I felt terrible because I know how I have felt, but at the same time, I will tell anyone out there, do not be afraid to find professional help, especially now that there are kids involved. You know, yeah. when you talk about grandkids that are going to be very confused on on what happened, but uh, please go ahead and find somebody that does this for a living because as much as I'd like to try and make it better, I'll tell you right now, I, I can't. No, but, but the one thing, and, and we've said to everybody um, – either through the podcast or direct messages, uh, there's no false valor here in the sense that those videos of people walking around in the fake military uniforms yeah. make me crazy. And you don't you don't overblow your credentials. We are who we are. But I think, Dave, why people probably reached out to you is it's very hard, I could tell you firsthand, it's very hard to walk into a room with somebody who's sitting behind the desk and just go because you like anybody, you feel like, well, this yeah. guy's judging me. He's looking at me going, look at this dumb fuck. Right. And it's very hard. You sit there, you're in an, uh, like you'll feel tomorrow. You're in a new surrounding. You don't know how to sit, right? You don't know how to sit on the couch. You don't know what to do. You know, you, you find yourself scanning everything in the office and probably not paying. I mean, I've gone through this, four different fucking people. Yeah. And you're scanning the office and you're looking to see, you know, what books are on the shelf, right? Anything else. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to go to the depths of your soul and talk about what fucked you up. Not easy to do. One of the things that I've always loved and appreciated about the relationship with talk radio in the audience is the idea of audience of one. And I think when somebody reaches out to you, they feel like we've talked about this in the past. They feel like they have a friendship with you. They feel like they have a deeper sense with you than they do with anybody yeah. with doctor in front of their name. So what I would say is just be supportive and tell them what you've gone through day to day. Because what I have found in conversations with people talking about different things is we just share what we're feeling. Nobody writes each other a prescription, but you just say, Hey, look, man, I've been there. And that's the other thing because the biggest problem when you're dealing with that hurt is the overwhelming feeling of being alone. Yeah. And you feel like anywhere you go, Man, everybody's having a great fucking time except for me. And don't they know I'm dying inside these motherfuckers, these careless pricks? And so if somebody reaches out and says, hey, Dave, God damn, man, my son's father-in-law took his life. You know, what What happened? And you just say, the, you talk about the pain, right? The idea that birthdays and christmas and funny i had this conversation That's exactly what i said yeah the the problem is the idea that they you cannot pick up the phone and hear that yeah. voice again and come to grips with that and then like you said for the grandkids and everything else 
But I think what I would tell you is anytime somebody has reached out to me, I've been incredibly touched by it because if you're willing to share uh, where you're at in your most vulnerable state with me, I take it. I, I respect it. Dave's exactly right. Neither one of us are trained professionals, and that would be always what you say. But what I've talked about on this show when going through depression and going through different things is I've always been very aware at every one of those stages about the relationship with my kids. So if anybody questions somebody about, well, they quit, they took the easy way out, they had kids, hey, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you, man. I've never been suicidal, I can tell you quite honestly. But I, I was ready to fucking go to Mexico and leave. And I love my sons. You just... You're in a different place. Yeah. And so now you're right. I said to him yesterday was when you think about, again, I've thought about this constantly for the last eight months, nine months is you look at the situation, you go, it's suicide and and death is the only thing really in your life that you have complete control over. Yeah. You know, it is. I mean, it's one of those where I'm want to check out. I'm, I'm done with it. I have control over. I should be able to decide when this ends. And again, it's the people that, that are left behind a lot of times want to understand. The reason I, I said seek professional help especially was because there are grandkids involved. And that mm-hmm. has to be the hardest thing to tell the grandkids that, hey, your grandfather's no longer with us. Yeah, it just happened to my friend. Uh, we talked about her yesterday, Mary Jo. Yeah. And I think about her two granddaughters who live in Sacramento that lost their dad in December. And now less than a year later, they lose the woman they described as their fun grandmother. And the one girl is 10. The other one is six. And I also think about those girls' mother who all of a sudden became a single mom. And you go, shit, birthdays and Easter. We're not going to pick out Halloween costumes together. We're not going to hide the Easter baskets together anymore. Uh, That's done. And we're not going to get the call from grandma on, you know, birthdays or or whatever. Uh, Yeah, man, it's, it's hard. But it's just, look, I'll say this right here. Um... I, I've reached out to our friend Katie Mosier about four times over the last week just chatting with different things. I haven't heard back from her. Um, I know how it goes when you're in that world, but I said to her in the week, I go, you know, I go, I'm not making too much of it, but I go, fucks with you a little bit because I I just know the pain that she's going through. So it it I just, you know, I let her do her thing. I know she's fine. I hope she's fine. But in the back of your mind, you're like, fuck, man, just say, hey, I'm yeah. good. Um, but but she may not have the strength to do that. And so, yeah, I, Dave's exactly right. If if you can find a support group, my friend Laura is devastated today because her mom is gone and her brother, who is the closest member of her family, are gone. And hospice, she told me hospice has a support group. Whether you live in the state where the parent or whoever died, um, there are support groups through local churches or whatever, and she is in that group tomorrow because she realizes the two family members that she was tightest with will not call and wish her a happy birthday again. Yeah. And that's really hard. And so that's that's the other thing. But if you just say, hey, man, I'm, I, you know, what's up? Yeah, shit, we'll tell you anything you want to know. You know, what strange was... When my father passed, deleting his contact out of my phone. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like I deleted the phone number, I deleted everything out of the out of my phone. And then the other day when I was cleaning up Twitter, I unfollowed him on Twitter. 
you know, that was weird yeah, too. That right. was like, I mean, it's one of those steps. I, and in my mind, I sit and I go, well, would I keep, why should I keep this contact? Never going to call it again. Mm-hmm. Two is I'm not going to, uh, why would I follow him on Twitter? And so I, again, I. Was he active on Twitter? There's some things on there. Usually he retweeted stuff that See, you and I did. Yeah, but and, retweet. Uh, but as far yeah, as no, no, writing he, he things did, in no, his own voice. No, 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 no. He, he didn't. And it was, it was strange, though, to sit there and go unfollow. And then yeah. I don't think my mom even knew he had a Twitter account. The cat probably knew, but my mom didn't. Yeah. But he. Um, but at the same time, it was it was strange to go. Okay, this is a, a two steps that I'm going to take to, you know, basically a finality. Do you have a video of him at all? Yeah, there's video. I'm sure my wedding video. You know, there's there's stuff in there that he's in. There's nothing that you know. We weren't that family that always you know always look at people that have these you know family things on tape at the beach mm-hmm. and. I'm like, hell, we never did that. I never knew anyone right. that had a camera. We didn't do that. But there was very few stuff. Again, my parents were in Tennessee. I was in San Diego for the majority mm-hmm. of the time. I'd see them once every couple of years. And so it wasn't like you know we were filming. I have a lot more video of my wife's family because it's such a big family with little kids and Christmases and everything yeah. else that I try and show out how everyone's grown up and changed so much. It's funny. Um, Dave, you mentioned that. My buddy, Cheech, who I talk about often on the show, his mom and dad were the ones that would film at the beach. And a couple of years ago, they gave me a DVD before he got ill at all. And they had put three things on the DVD. The first one is a trip to Cardiff Beach when we were, shit, I was probably 11th grade. So teaches, you know, that summer. Yeah. We were three weeks apart, but it, it separated us by a year, school year. So probably he's going into 11th or right around that time. So it's us running around, fucking around on Carter Beach. <laughs> the next one, which is very funny on this same DVD, is he pitched for San Diego, and it's me filming and doing play-by-play of the game. Oh, really? Yeah, me filming, just trashing him. Of course. And a foul ball comes directly at me, and I just go, Fuck! I'm like uh, I'm like 16. Yeah, look. Uh, so I have that, which is great. And then uh, for his birthday, 10, 15 years ago, we went down and saw a hypnotist named Marshall Silver at a bar that was Chillers in Mission Beach. Okay. And, and Shane had been really tired that day, and we said, "Come on, we're going." And we went down, and he was in the crowd. But when they went through the whole opening bit. It knocked him out. And then they took him down on stage. And Marshall Silver, who was so great, you know, we let him know it was his birthday. So Shane became a featured guy. And I've got that whole thing on. That's hilarious. On DVD. So I've got I've got us together in two different things. And I was there that night. Look, man, it's nice. It's nice because uh, today or last night up in L.A., I go to the last bookstore. There's a guy I don't even know how to fucking pronounce his name. I think it's George Pelicanos. Okay. I keep thinking of George Pernicano. Yeah. But I think it's Pelicanos. He wrote The Wire on HBO, and he also wrote The Deuce. Okay. Um, did you watch The Deuce at all no. with Maggie Gyllenhaal and, and James Franco? Did you no. ever watch The Wire? No, didn't the watch Wire that either. The Wire was supposed to be really crazy. So he wrote a bunch of books that are supposed to be pretty good. And there's a great store in downtown L.A., the last bookstore. You ever been in this place? I have not. Fifth and Spring. Fuck, okay. it's awesome, man. In a, like an old bank building, and it's all like, it's just great. And the people that work there are fantastic. 
But as I'm reading about this dude and, you know, how he put together the wire and how he put together the deuce and sticking with James Franco and the Me Too and all this shit. Uh, but then they start talking about the novels and how he really writes these ho- hardcore cop PI novels. Uh, every fucking time I would call him and this fucking guy, Cheech, had read it. Read it. Knew all these guys. Wow. And he would say to me, yeah, that's your guy. That's your guy. You, Oh, yeah. Now you're on the right path, kid. And then, uh, and so yesterday when I'm reading about it and I'm driving to L.A., I go to call him. And I can't call him. And it sucks because I like to read different things. Uh, James Patterson. I've never read James Patterson. He's got two books right now, number one and number two on the New York Times bestseller list. Book he wrote with Bill Clinton and another one. And uh, and again, it would be like, dude, tell me on this guy. Yeah. Tell me, you know, what's the story on this guy? Because certain guys I do, you know, we could talk about guys we didn't, didn't like. And it's just in a very selfish way, man. It sucks. And I'm sure for the person who reached out to you yesterday or right now, Dave, with the Rams picked, I've seen two different people pick the Rams this week to win the NFC. Is that something you would have connected with with your dad? 100%. 100 yeah. percent because uh, you know i was told to you for a long time my dad's mm-hmm. the one that sucked me with that rams team and it yes. drove me nuts my dad hated the fact by the way i, I turned into a raider fan mm. he hated the raiders more than any team ever just thought the raiders were dirty didn't like anything yeah. about them but he stuck me with the rams team that disappointed you in the nfc championship game every year either it was the vikings or the cowboys the rams yeah. were right those three teams basically owned the nfl when i was a little kid yeah. and the meaning the, the cowboys vikings and rams in the nfc and the Rams would be the one team that couldn't get there. They lost to the Steelers finally in Super Bowl fourteen, But it was, you name it, pick, pick your poison. For some reason, I never hated the Vikings. I hated the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah, me too. But my, my dad just made it so fucking frustrating. And then I remember as a kid, as we got older, even there was a playoff game. You'll remember it better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Everett was the quarterback for the Rams at the time. And mm-hmm. Studwell was a yeah. linebacker for, for the Vikings. And, man, that's when I remember him standing up in the living room and just, Right there. Right yeah. to him. And drove me fucking nuts. Like, what, yeah. we're rooting against him all of a sudden? And I was like, it's your fault I have this fucking team and that Rams lamp in my goddamn room and my fucking Rams pajamas. And yeah. you fucked me on this. And my Pat Hayden jersey that yeah. made me buy to this year's catalog. Yeah. And you're going to fucking make it miserable for me. Yeah, he would have connected on this this Rams thing right now. And that's why I was saying to you the other day, yesterday, I think I brought it up, September 27th, yeah, Thursday go. Night Football. I'm in. We should go see the Vikings and Rams in. at the Coliseum. Yeah, let's go. I think yeah. it'll be great. I'm in. All right, this is the hardest question. He's gone now, so yeah, we can't. You can't answer it. But I bet in your head you know the answer to this. Would it ever have been what you wanted it to be with him? It was a, that. That's the part that I struggle with. It was never yeah. the father son relationship you have with your kids or I have with my kids. Yeah, you understand. It, it, Would one you of have the, ever got to the point where you go, you know what? All right, it took us a long time to get here, but fuck, we got here. It was never going to happen. Right. And it was disappointing. Oh, it's disappointing. I remember yeah. when th- this is where I realized him and I couldn't be more different. Yeah, I know. He was a, yeah. he was a glass half empty guy. I'm definitely a glass uh, overflowing guy. I'm the guy yeah. always thinking positive. It just drove me nuts that he would always say, expect the worst because if something good happens, you're going to be surprised. And I said, uh-huh. man, I can't live my life that way. Yeah. He hated the, that I would pursue my dream of being on the radio. We're being, you know, what was his sports. Dream? 
he was in a bad situation. So I try and look at it from his point. His his situation was neither one of his parents drove. Okay. Uh-huh. His father had a carpet cleaning business where basically they lived in the Beverly Hills area and they clean carpets in hotels. It took a long time. Like he'd go three straight days without sleeping, just cleaning carpets. Wow. And so he was the guy that wanted to go to school and become a pilot. Loved planes. I hate it when you take him to the air show. Even when the air show comes to town now at Miramar, I'm like, fuck, dude, I have nightmares of going to air shows. And so I wasn't into planes like him. Like he would, I remember the first time I got on a plane, we were in LA, got on a plane from LA to San Diego. Mm-hmm. He just wanted me to see what, how great it was. Yeah. Fucking I didn't care. It just, it wasn't a big deal to me. So my interest okay, wasn't his on, interest. Hang yeah. on one second. On that. But there had to be something. That we had in common? No. There had to be something that happened earlier than that. We, because for me, there's shit that I know my kids don't have any interest in. Yeah. And it goes both ways. What do you but, think your kids don't have interest in that you have interest in? Oh, I, I drag them into Barnes & Noble okay. way more than they want to go. <laughs> but they just end up chasing each other around the store yeah. playing tag. And I try to get them the hell out of there as quick as they can. But something to me, Dave, I go, because there's there's a thing. Like, my kids, we can go out to Gillespie Field. They did yeah. it since they were little kids. And they would just sit on the back of my car, and it would always be the same thing. They'd get a blanket. They'd have a stuffed animal whatever they'd sit on the trunk of my car and we just watch these little planes come in and or we go get you know grab something to eat and hang out there but for me if you're like i'm not into that he was still your dad and when your dad's doing something you want to be like your dad so you're to me you're in square three there had to have been something that happened at square one and square two where you're like by the time we got to the planes you were like fuck it i don't give a shit about the planes because did, did you guys have a relationship where your dad was Everything where your dad was Superman, and if your dad said shit, man, I love planes. You go fuck yeah, I love planes no. too. Nope, it wasn't like that at all. It was it was not like that. I Did think he it, watch cartoons with you when n- you were a kid? No way. Did he make breakfast for you? Did he do any of that? He stuff? would. He would make omelets. He would do that. He would say, he "Want an omelet?" That was, <laughs> that, but was did he, uh, that was it. But no, it wasn't. Like, dude, it wasn't like that. That's that's what I wanted. I wanted that my entire life. So this how is, old this were is, you at the point where you're rebelling against the planes? How old do you think you were? Ah oh, man, right away. Um, I just didn't didn't care. He wanted to be a pilot. Just a real quick backstory. He he wanted to be a pilot. Was going to go to school to be a pilot, and okay. then his dad got sick. Wow. Then he had to take over the family business at around nineteen years old. And next thing you know, Fuck. He, not only is he having to to make money to take care of his dad, his mother, his oldest sister, and her two kids, he was also now he's nineteen years old taking care of basically three yeah. families. He married my mom at twenty one. My mom okay. was eighteen. Now he's taking care of you know, all these families. Way too much uh, pressure for yeah. a 21-year-old guy that's not sleeping, you know. So he's working his ass off. All he knew was work ethic. He never missed a day of school, never missed a day of work. And so he had a crazy work ethic, which was fantastic. But but he never had fun. Never had fun. He loved to laugh, though. He's the funniest guy I, I knew. Sure. Everyone always loved inviting him over because he was funny as shit. That, he wanted to be either a pilot or he wanted to be a comedy writer. He wanted to write for TV shows. Wow. That's what he wanted to do. Wow. But I remember, Jeff, at, at 15 years old, I went, as I said, I moved away from home when I was 15. I was living in L.A. He was living yeah. in Tennessee with my mother. My sister was at school at Alabama. And I went back to visit, and we drove to the airport, and he looked at me, and he goes, you and I are never going to be friends. Holy fuck. That You're was, how old? 15. That was devastating. That yeah. was that was a de- I'll never forget it. it was yeah. devastating. Two things happened that that was big, and I remember I, I looked out the right window, and I, tears were running down my face when he said yeah. that to me. And I said, "How can you give up on me already? How can you give up on us?" 
Yeah. But he threw in the towel on our relationship at that time. At 15. At 15. And then... So you don't you you haven't driven a car yet. You haven't gone to no. prom yet. You haven't done any of this shit. None of that stuff. And I was going to a school that was highly dangerous. I mean, again, I, yeah. I was shot at three times in high school. I, I, it, yeah. my, it was it was crazy as hell the where I went to school in high school. And he's uh, aware of that. And so he was aware, but they didn't realize how bad things were. I mean, you okay. want to talk about when I talk about you talk about depression. Everyone's hit it. My worst depression was tenth grade, eleventh grade. Like I didn't yeah. think I was going to make it. Yeah. Um, and so I remember him giving up then it was frustrating, but then that was a big one. Here's, here's a big mistake. And anyone now I'll tell anyone that whoever goes through this, because if you're listening, you're probably too old to have hit the spot. But if you've ever been in the situation, there's a point where you're going to have an argument with your dad mm-hmm. and you can decide what your actions are. I remember I, my dad was bigger than me. My I'm six, three. My dad was six, four, big guy, strong guy. And I remember we we're in the kitchen we got into it. And I raised my fist up to his face. I was going to knock him out. I was going to do the best I could. Yeah. And he backed down. It was one of the worst moments ever for both of us. At the moment, I surprised yeah. myself and said, man, I stood up for myself. And after that, I felt like our relationship wasn't the same either. I yeah. felt like I crossed the line. He knew I crossed the line to a point that we can't fix this. Yeah. I should have never challenged him. And I always tell people, don't challenge your father at any time like that physically. Yeah. That was a big mistake. But... Yeah, it was one of those. We, like I said, it was he loved. We, the one thing we had in common, we both loved to laugh. Anything we found that was funny, we'd call the other guy and go, "Did you see this?" That was about it. We we had a uh, the comedy was our our one thing we had in common. And even even sports, as much as I love him, he wasn't a fan like you and me, where we can yeah. name every roster as a kid, like your kids can do. Yeah, like my kids can do. But he would say, "Hey, the Rams won," or he'd go, "What do you think of Steve McNair?" You know, he was a Titan season ticket holder. That yeah. kind of deal. But that was it. He didn't know anyone outside of maybe was three guys Was his relationship with your sister different? Much different. They were night and day. They were best friends. They were one and the same. So when you're watching that, what's that make you think? Oh, it driving me nuts. Because, yeah. dude, you walk in the room. I don't know about you, but when you're busy doing something, your kids are trying to get your attention. Yeah. I was trying. Now you can push pause on a TV. Yeah. Push pause. What? What do you want? And then with my dad, it was the one finger in there. Like one second, one minute. Like, don't talk right now because I'm paying attention to the news. Love to watch the news. Mm-hmm. But then that time never came. Like, no matter what, it was fucking commercials. Could be the news, anything. Yeah. It was always that one finger always went up. So you sit there and go, dude, is that ever important? But yet my sister walked in the room. Hey, what's going on? It was it was nice. She's older, right? She's four years older. And so it was always, they just had a better relationship. My sister, we talked about this at the funeral, actually. How I, was, I said, I was the one speaking. I said, my sister was his mini me. Yeah. She said she had no idea. My mom looked at her and said, 100%, you're exactly like your dad. Yeah, it's really? very strange. I get along with my sister great, though. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah she's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's very strange. But yeah, the 15 years old, it is when it was over. But but there was something before that, because I'm telling you, Dave, there are people that are listening to that that have either, uh, right, as a son, but as a father, when you have a kid, your son will want to do different things that you want to do. You guys will have the same things. Like my sons, to me, right now, the funniest thing that my sons are completely into is L.A. Yeah. They love L.A. road trips, but they love L.A. road trips with me. Yeah, they're always going to think of L.A. with you. Yeah. That's for the for, for like, forever. It's very funny. They had a, a day, and I think we touched on a little bit yesterday, but, um, you know, they had a family day at a, a pool party at a friend of ours. They had two buddies that they were taken, and their, their older brother's in town from Chicago. It was kind of a big deal barbecue yeah. and you know they go up there and eat you know 10 ice cream sandwiches and my son Cade said to me very sincerely I didn't know you were going to LA and I said uh 
And I've always said to them, I've always been real straight. And I said, you know, I used to make this trip by myself. I used to make this trip because I would kind of find different things to do. And I always thought in my head it'd be really cool if I had kids to do this with. But yeah. I never thought it would happen. And I said, now the, the reality has exceeded the dream. I said, the idea that we come up here, uh, I said, my dad, my dad, when I was, I didn't know my dad really till I was about the age that things fell apart with your dad. Yeah. I didn't meet my dad till I, I mean, I'd met him, but I didn't really know my dad till I was 16. My dad had an apartment uh, just east of Tower Records on Sunset. And so my parents went through a terrible divorce. And so I would have to kind of sneak to L.A. So I would take the train to L.A. and we would go. Like if you out. told your mom you're going to L.A., she wouldn't like it. Yeah, she would have hated it. Yeah. I didn't know anybody on my dad's side of the family growing up, and wow. they've been great people. And um, yeah, which I've resented, and that's one of the major reasons um, for me personally why what I'm going through it matters so much to make it cool. Yeah. Because it's not about me, it's about them. But I, but I love my wife's family. They've, yeah. been, they've been amazing people to me, and they still are. They're great. So uh, while she and I are not together, I love those guys. And it, what was really great to me was those people said, um, and my stepson called me dad on the phone the other day. Cracked me up laughing. Um, I'm, I'm not his father, but he called that. You know? yeah. And so, no, I, it's great. But... Um, when I was going to L.A. for this meeting yesterday, my my son Cade said to me, uh, what's the plan in L.A.? Yeah. What are you doing? And I said, well, it's a business meeting. He goes, well, business meetings are boring. And he knows our friend Erica. So I'm going with Erica. He goes, oh, well, that's not boring. <laughs> and he goes, but um, he goes, are you spending time up there? I said, you know what, Cap? I said, I'm literally driving up, going to dinner and turn around and coming back. He goes, oh, okay. He goes, okay. He goes, you know, if you were hanging out for the day and if it would have been okay with you, I would have canceled the pool yeah. party. And I said, A, it's always okay with me. But I said, B, I wouldn't have wanted you to do that. I said, it means a lot to everybody else there. I love it. But I said to him, I'm not going to Carney's. Yeah. And he goes, okay. And Carney's is the train car down on Sunset, kind of midway in I know Sunset. exactly what you're talking about. And I took him there. When we stayed up there uh, a couple of weeks back, they'd never had a chili cheeseburger. Really? And they were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And I go, have I ever done you wrong? And they go, no. <laughs> and I go, just try it. And they loved it. We hung out in this train car, and they're just having a chili cheeseburger, and they think it's the craziest combination ever. And I just said to him, I go, I'm not going to Carney's. I said, he goes, all right, okay. But, but Dave, to me... He loves he he didn't know we loved L.A. But yeah. now, like, we go to the Menendez tour. Yeah. We go to LeBron's house. We go to O.J.'s. We do all this crazy shit. I bought this book, all the wild stuff in L.A. But he's at an age. He's older now than you were when you shut down the airplanes. Yeah. He and I and his brother have been doing this L.A. trip for four years. They go to Book Soup with me. They've seen Tower Records. They go to Amoeba. They walk around Amoeba by themselves. They know this section. They want to go see the DVDs. They go to the books. They like walking through and looking at the old albums. They know it all. Um, they know L.A. right now at age 10. But 
for you to say, I was like, fuck no on the airplanes. That's why I look at it. I go, dude, something must have happened when you were five or six. And maybe it's the one finger in the air where you were like, I don't I'm not important. That's it. That was it. And if I'm not important, then you're then you're bullshit. Yeah, fuck your planes. God, that yeah. sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> that your, sucks. Fuck right? your planes. You know, it's funny when you mentioned five or six. I, I think I've told you this story before, but it was one of those things that used to drive me crazy. When I was a kid, my parents weren't broke. They weren't real yeah. wealthy, but they weren't they weren't Same broke. Um, they would go and we'd go to Kmart, mm-hmm. and they would buy these those fucking tracks shoes. Do you remember yeah. tracks? They look like Adidas. They look like the ones Starsky used to wear on yeah. Starsky and Hutch, the blue ones with the stripes, the white stripes, mm-hmm. and they were in the bend. Yeah. And they were tied together. And my mom would say, go pick out a new pair of shoes. Like, Why it, wouldn't you get the ponies? Oh, they had the ponies, dude. I was a boxing fan. Dude, I loved going I, to Kmart for shoes. Fucking Starsky get, had Adidas. God dang it. That's why I wanted yeah. it. I'm one of those blue ones. Fuck so, Larry Holmes wore pony, yeah. dude. I was all in on pony. <laughs> so here's the deal. It used to drive me crazy because... At the time, when you're a kid, there are little yeah. things that you get along through school. Yeah. Shoes were one of them. Yeah, so big. it was like, it was, the, the Nike wasn't a huge deal, but Nike was there, you yeah. know? And then at the same time, you had the- you Puma. Had the, you had the, well, yeah, you had the Pumas, but you had the three stripes were Adidas, and everybody mm-hmm. knew. The five stripes were K-Swiss. Oh, yeah. Four stripes meant you broke motherfucker. Yeah, you're, Your parents you're are, a chump. Yeah, you're a chump. And the shoes only lasted two fucking weeks. Yeah. They fell apart. They're good for kickball. That was about it. Yeah. And then- I would be like, God dang, man, just one fucking time. Buy the ones with the three stripes. Yeah. But they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't go through that route. And I remember, honestly, at six years old going, I'm not going to be this guy. I'm not going to be that guy. And so it was, I remember going, I'm not going to be that dad. But here's one thing. When my father passed away, I got a lot of messages saying, man, you were such a great dad. You must have learned a lot from him. It drove me fucking nuts when people write that to me. And I understand yeah. it was a compliment. But then the more I thought about it, Jeff, I became the dad I am because I knew what I didn't want to be. Yeah. Do you understand? I did. Absolutely. I did become the dad I want. I am because of my dad, mm-hmm. not because I followed in his footsteps. Because I did the exact fucking opposite. Yeah. But it's one of those where, man, I get along with both of my kids like you get along with your kids. I have, I have such a good relationship with them. Again, I'm looking forward to carpooling tomorrow. You know, yeah. it's, it's great. Yeah. So it's it's never been an issue like that way. So when when start with Josh when Josh was five or six and you guys just had time together, what would you guys do? It was baseball. Baseball, basketball, whatever, whatever yeah. he wanted to do, we did. I mean, that yeah. was, that was it. So it was, it was, it was, it was always baseball. But at the same time, as just like I said, my parents didn't spend anything on me. Like I never even owned my own baseball bat. I was a baseball yeah. player my whole life. I never got my own bat. You know, I was lucky yeah. to to get a glove. My first glove, fucking Richie's disc. I think I got at yeah. Kmart. Um, and then, but with Josh, man, I bought shit all the time. My wife used to go nuts, and I'd say, I think I'm making up for what. I didn't have. I didn't yeah. have Christmases as a kid, so I was the guy that went over fun, the top. Right? Yeah, but it's went fun. over the top. It was for me. It was great. My wife was like, "Man, you were making up for years and years of what you wanted through your kids." I said, "I am." You know, yeah. I, I, yeah, I set the bar pretty freaking high with the with Christmases. I don't recommend doing that, but yeah, I gave them everything that I ever wanted. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any resentment to my dad. He and I get along great. Talked the whole way home from from. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm a hundred times the dad he was. Yeah. And he'd be the first one to say it. You know what's funny? You just said that. Is my dad said to me, he "Goes you're a much better dad than me," and I said, "I am." Yeah. I told him, and I think he wanted me to say back, "You're a great dad too," but I never did. No. And I remember my wife would say it, going, "Are you ever going to give him what he wants?" And I said, "I'm not ready." Yeah. And I just was never ready to tell him you're, and not to say he was <laughs> well, a shitty dad, but he wasn't what I wanted. No, because you can't say to him, 
You motivated me to be a great dad. Yeah. Unfortunately, the way you motivated me was by not being the dad yeah. I wanted when I was a kid. Yeah. And like on, on Saturday, my kids, you know, they both play basketball. We we go out. We're like, what are we going to do? Just run around, you know, and what are we going to do? And I said, uh, I don't know. You want to go see a movie? And they're like, yeah, let's go see a movie. Okay, this would be great. Let's go. Well, you know, I can't take them to Mark Wahlberg, 22 Mile, right? And <laughs> all this other shit. So the one movie that's out, and they're 10 going on 15, but they're also 10, which is pretty close to 8 yeah, 7. So Christopher Robin is out, the Winnie the Pooh movie, right? You say, look at this pervert with no pants on? Look at this guy. <laughs> but, dude, you go to the movie... And Brad Garrett yeah. is Eeyore. Yeah. He's so goddamn funny. He's so goddamn funny as Eeyore. But when you're sitting between them and they're just mowing popcorn and they're dying laughing at all the lines, like it felt like it, it started off a little cliche, right? Yeah. It's, it's Ewan McGregor and now he's the grown-up Christopher Robin and he finds Pooh and he's mad at him and then something's got to happen and they reconnect. But dude, when you're just sitting there with your kids and your sons are dying laughing at Eeyore, you go, fuck, this is life, man. Yes. This is what it is. And that's why I said, to, this is why I say to my sons all the time. I said, I'm very lucky. I've lived a very blessed life. I've met a lot of great people. I've been a lot of cool places. I've been lucky enough to do a lot of good things. That all being said, I would not, trade what we are doing today which is in the car listen to music um i had to go today to best buy yeah i had to buy 25 blank cds i don't even know when i did it <laughs> because they and i had all these mixtapes that i made and they were in my car and they all got fucked up they're all warped and scratched so now i gotta luckily the playlist on apple stay the same I got to reburn all these CDs because they're like, hey, where's Wagon Wheel? Where's Buddy Holly? Where's Sam Cooke? Where's all this shit? I'm like, fuck, they all died. So they're like, what? Literally. They well, did yeah, all die. they all died. <laughs> but the thing that's been great for me with them is they know Sam Cooke. They know yeah. Jackie Wilson. They know John Fogarty. Uh, they know all these guys. But um, we drive around listening to music. But Dave, when you're sitting there and you go, uh, when I'm sitting in the theater, the back row of the theater, and like I said, they, you just their laugh is killing me. I'm like, God damn, I wish Brad Garrett was here because it's just yeah. great. And you go, yeah, fuck it. I don't need to be at the Super Bowl. I yeah. don't need to be ringside for a Tyson fight. I, I would not change any of that. I would not go any of those places. But this is the crazy thing. When I think about your dad or when I think about you, I got married uh, late in life. Yeah, I had kids late in life. And I had lived, I had traveled, I had done all that shit. I had, you know, had the hangover nights, all these different things that I'd done where I didn't have to worry about responsibility. And yeah. once you kind of get that out of your system and you come back and you can share those experiences with your kid, it's really fun. You know, it's funny when you talk about, you know, getting engaged, getting married. I, again, I was 19 years old when I got yeah. engaged, which is ridiculous. It's, uh, I mean, it, when I look back at it, I go, that's insane. I don't recommend that to anyone either, even though I'm still married. I remember calling my mother and saying, I'm, I'm engaged. I'm in Los Angeles at the time mm -hmm. telling my family in LA, 
and my wife already told my wife's family in San Diego. And my mom's on the phone, and I could hear the door open. Like, my dad was coming in from outside. And the door shuts, and then she goes, Lou, your son's engaged. And you just hear him walking across the room. Fucking great. And just kept walking. <laughs> like, he just made yeah. the biggest fucking mistake of his life, this fucking idiot. But he didn't get on the phone, nothing. And I probably would have done the same thing. Are you yeah. in your fucking mind? And it would, but, but did it, he uh, ever? Did all he, he heard was fucking great. Did he ever say to you, "Hey, great job"? Yes, great job 100%. at a young age. Oh, good. Hundred percent. Cool. Loved my wife better more than he loved my sister and myself. Loved oh, my wife's family. Right. Like he would have. He always says, "Man, you married into the best okay, family good. ever." Okay, good. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yes. Good for him for 100%. saying. Because there had to be, even in a 19 year old Dave, there had to be something in a 19 year old Dave that understood. That that maniac in there yelling at your poor innocent son Jake is yeah. pretty special. <laughs> David. <laughs> yeah, I and, will, and I will give him credit for this one. As soon as my kids were born, he was on a plane and and yeah. in San Diego within two three days. Yeah, he loved them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What the fuck. Yeah. So, that's, crazy. <laughs> that's 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 it. I, before we, uh, I do have I do have a, a programming idea. I want to run by you, but mm-hmm. but but basically, I want, I want to mention these guys first before we get to that. But I want to ask you if I'm crazy or not, or if I'm uh, sane and you're going to follow in my footsteps on this one. I want to mention the guys that helped the show out because these are the reason that this thing has been able to go for such a long time. Brian Curry, of course, he's the one selling real estate all over San Diego County for the last 20 years. President's Elite Award winner. He's the guy that wins all the awards. Certified negotiation specialist. If you're looking for new property, there's only one person to talk to, and that's Brian Curry. He's our guy. He should be your guy, too. He can make your living situation better. What are you waiting for? Brian is also your guy for property management. If you need someone to manage your property, please call Brian Curry, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. He will treat you with a complete class. I have a friend like everyone else does that's not Brian, that's a real estate guy that tries to make a living doing it. And he found out the other day that someone he thought was gonna, he was going to use mm. didn't use him. Mm-hmm. And immediately goes to uh, his email and says, I can't believe he didn't use me. You're fat, and I hope you get a fat man's disease and die. And I go, Brian Curry would never do that. That's why no. Brian's our guy. Brian. <laughs> Again, you know this guy. I do, and I love him. <laughs> He's like, Who writes that? That guy. He can't drink his Turkish liquor, but he can no. sure send off a fiery email. Yes. Brian Curry, better. Uh, I better get together with BC soon and get a place. Yeah, because Josh was asking me about it today. He goes, "Is Jeff found his place in La Mesa yet?" We're gonna get everything squared away. But what I this is the great thing. Here's the other great thing about getting divorced. The other great thing about getting divorced is you can go back to buying shit you want for your house, right? When yes. the last time as a married guy, you're like, you know what? Ah, that is what I want. Yeah. And I'll give you a perfect example of what I got for the house. And it's going in my son's room. There's a great sports auction site called Pristine Auctions. Yeah. I love Pristine Auctions because I'll just kind of check in and see what's going on. And nothing, it's always shit I can't afford on there. But it's fun to look at. The other day I'm, I'm watching and it's coming to the end. And I won a signed, framed... 16 by 20, Mike Tyson, young Mike Tyson from the night he okay. won his first That's the one you were talking about yesterday, the autograph one? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Framed, and he's just standing in the corner. It's 19-year-old Tyson, yeah. and it's signed in silver uh, Sharpie. 
fucking thing's framed. It's coming cool. to me this week. Uh, from Pristine, I got, for like 30 bucks, I got a signed Miracle on Ice jersey, right? Yeah. Ray Leonard, Ted Williams, all this shit I've won. That's all going to be framed and going in. It's going to be the coolest. I got a goddamn slap shot poster signed. I was telling my sons today. I go, I got all this shit. <laughs> It's been in storage because I had to put a picture up of a fucking zebra. And who gives a shit about a goddamn zebra? <laughs> Not me, baby. We're putting a signed Slapshot poster up in your room, signed by two of the Carlson brothers. Love it. And uh, I'm like, goddamn, Brian Curry, I, I better get this shit going pretty quick. I don't have the goddamn yeah. Breitbart Hall of Fame down here. <laughs> but... uh. I'm excited, man. I was Good. in I was in La Mesa so much over the last two days. I I do, Dave. I feel like it's weird. I grew up in Encinitas, yeah, Cardiff. I, I mean, I really grew up in Cardiff, but I I spent so much time in Encinitas. Spent eight years living in Carlsbad. Fuck, man, La Mesa's home. You know, La Mesa's home because it's my son's home. And just driving around, go, yeah, fuck, I dig it here. I just I love it, and I'm excited. Time will be here before you know. We'll get it all squared away, and then I'm gonna have a Big goddamn signed poster of Lisa Ann. <laughs> but if that doesn't work, then I'll get a signed poster from Graham Ledger. I love it. There you go. After you get that house, we always say you got to get the pool because there's only one guy, oh, Alan Taylor. Yeah. Taylor made pools 20 years in San Diego. How many people on Labor Day were at the pool? A ton. It's like everyone I spoke to said there was a pool party and a barbecue going on. Alan Taylor is your guy with tailor-made pools. If you're looking for that brand-new pool, he's the guy. But at the same time, if you're looking for maintenance on that pool, he can do the same thing. The pool resurfacing, all the equipment repairs, he's also the person to call. Don't forget about the saltwater technology, the waterfalls, grotto slides. Turn your backyard into a staycation. Call Alan Taylor at TaylorMade Pools today, 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. Got off the phone today with Ariana Grande. She said, hey, what's <laughs> up with the pool? I said, hey, little one, I'll come scratching at my door, kitty, kitty. I'm not doing it. Uh, I love it, man. It, it, I was saying, uh, I had a friend who passed away yesterday, but some of our favorite memories, we all talked about a bunch of different friends we're talking about, was the pool party and, and how the pool brought them together. Uh, yesterday, uh, my wife and my sons were at a pool. And again, Labor Day weekend, pool parties bring families together. People don't want to deal with parking at the beach. They don't want to go in the community pool because, you know, the Nelson kid's been in the corner pissing like he's a goddamn <laughs> racehorse. And I don't care. Yeah. And they're like, hey, it's our own homemade saltwater technology. Hey, shut it. <laughs> shut your mouth, pig. Uh, you just want to be able to hang out in the backyard have a beautiful pool, right? Don't you feel like if you have a tailor-made pool in your house, that's where you look at yourself exactly. and you go, God damn, I made it. I mean, I won this goddamn race. <laughs> Usain Bolt may beat me in the 100-yard dash, but bullshit, I got a cool goddamn pool in the back. And uh, find out for yourself. Check out the website and just see how nice they are. Nicest people on the planet. They're going to do incredible work for you. Very proud of our friends at Taylor Made Pools. Absolutely. Don't forget about Superior Fence, San Diego Tyler. Uh, excuse me. It's Daniel Tyler with San Diego Superior Fence. Help so, if you knew his name. I know it helped. Well, because he doesn't want me to say it. I get nervous. He's the guy. You name the fence right there. Yep. You want it wood, vinyl, even the horse fences he does. You name it. Custom iron, chain link. Every job's an easy job. We love working with Daniel Tyler. Here's his number. 760-745-4846, 760-745-4846. Here's the website, San Diego Superior Fence, 
com, com. Very easy. A-plus rating with BBB. Fully licensed and insured, as we mentioned before. The free estimates. Why not give Daniel a call and ask him the questions you've been thinking about forever on how to make your property look that much better and protect yourself? Uh, Dan and I are on the same team because we're both very anti-Diablo. So we, we have connected on that. We have a uh, great time. Look at that strength right there, Dave. you got one of these things, these... Uh, Jack Lalane things. I'm going to start doing this the whole show. Just so when I run into guys like Pete and Point Loma, I'm like, hey, what's up, Pete? What are you doing? I just squeeze the tune. What's up? You give me that guy that drives around, keeps hitting your drink holder in your car. Yeah, like just, Christian Bale. Yeah, doing it at the red lights. <laughs> yeah. Impressing the chicks. I look up there, Susan Lennon. <laughs> uh, my man Dan Tyler tells me every job's an easy job. So as I'm driving through L.A. yesterday, yeah. I know L.A. is so far ahead of San Diego technology-wise, and here's where they're ahead of us yeah. technology-wise. They have 4K video billboards. I, that, that's fucking brilliant. Yes. How do we not have 4K video billboards so that when I'm stuck on the 8 or stuck on the 805, you should have the opportunity to just punch into channel like, 81.1 or whatever the fuck on your dial, right? And yep. I should be able to watch Nichelle Medina. What are you doing, <laughs> KFMB? So tell me what's going on with the traffic. It'd be great. Oh, it'd be a distraction. We're going to crash, whatever. But not only do they have the 4K billboards, but and, and you see these every now and then around San Diego. Yeah. They have the billboards that rotate. They kind of turn, right? They do like two or three different ones. That's the fucking fence I want Dan Tyler to build for me at my house. One's going to be um, advertising the podcast. Yeah. And then that fence is going to turn and it's going to advertise San Diego's superior fence, which is going to be great. And then it's going to turn again and it's going to give you directions directly to Leisure Friar's house. <laughs> so we can go up there. We can drag him out of his lazy boy chair. Yeah. We can knock that big bowl of Fritos chili out of his hand, and we could just take him off. Right, just pummel him. We're not going to pummel him. We're going to hug our, our little old friend. <laughs> but I'm like, all right, Dan, every job's an easy job. I want a rotating fence. I want one just showing things. Maybe it's got current betting lines. Yeah. Maybe it's got I Lisa, like that. Right? Yes. Maybe it's got Lisa Ann's appearance schedule <laughs> on it. Uh, maybe it's got the days I actually remembered to take my meds on it. <laughs> All that shit. <laughs> Who needs just a wooden fence? Yes. God damn it. That's what I want. So when I get established in La Mesa, yay. Uh, that's what I want Dan to do. Gambling lines. That's it. I love it. I love it. All right. Here's my programming idea for you right here. All right. I'm just going to keep squeezing. Go, it. Ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Who bought one of these things? We used to sell these. That's that's Jake's. I have one over there that's even tougher than that. It's uh, on a scale of, of one to ten. That's a nine. The one that's behind your head. But it's they, they always say, man, you can't find anyone to, to bend it. I can bend that damn thing. Yeah. It, it's funny as hell. But anyway, um, here, here's the deal. ESPN and Fox have driven me crazy the last couple of weeks because I understand the NFL season's coming. Mm -hmm. I can't stand Jets talk. You know? Yeah, I hate I it. I mean, the Jets aren't going anywhere. I can't stand the Sam Darnold thing, everything yeah. else. ESPN has now has a place down in Los Angeles. They Right across from Staples Center, there's yeah. an ESPN building. L.A., and I know if you're a San Diego fan, you don't want to hear it. This is the time to say we're going to focus on this market. This is Absolutely. the one with all the stars, right? You have you have mm -hmm. between Trout, Otani, you have Kershaw, you have 
uh, LeBron James. Yeah. Soccer. You have Aaron Donald. You have the Rams. Or could possibly Pobble make Chex a run. coming to the Kings. Exactly right. Jonathan Quick. Drew Doughty. This is the time you say, fuck the Knicks, fuck the Jets, fuck the Giants, and yeah. you focus on what is happening in market number two. Yeah. And you say... We're going to sit there and forget all the Jets talk. We're going to sit there and go, we have already have a place in L.A. with ESPN. Yeah. This is where we're going. Because right now ESPN made a huge deal about how they're doing all these shows from New York now. Uh-huh. Starting, what, today? Yeah. So at the same time, I was saying, am I crazy in saying this is the time where you go, no. market number two is where the stars are, and we're going to focus on the stars? Did you mention Chip Kelly at UCLA? I didn't even mention Chip Kelly. Yeah. Chip Kelly. Or there. USC football. Didn't mention yeah. any of that. Yeah. All the fights. I mean, there's chicken. I mean, the Galaxy, LAFC, yes. they have stars on their team. Yeah, man, they should. Uh, the thing that I, Dave, I I was downtown LA yesterday. I didn't go by Staples Center, but I know that area so well because where that studio is, is where my dad and I would stand and watch him build Staples Center. Yeah. That thing was a fucking parking lot where LA Live is Crazy. now. Yeah. Right? It was where the bus shuttles would yeah. pick up to take you to the Coliseum for, for USC football. When they started doing shows from there, I thought it was such a cool idea to do it. But my feeling would have been, go do shit out front. Like, if if people remember way back when John Fricky and Keith Olbermann used to do uh, Fox Sports West and they would do the post-game shows from what's now Lids or the L.A. Team Store, but in the corner right there, and people would be walking behind him on Staples Center. They would have the thing up, and you could watch him do the TV show. It was so cool. And kind of like the Today Show or anything like that. And I thought ESPN, just like they do on so many things, just completely dropped the ball. It's such an insanely cool area, LA Live. It lights up beautifully. If you see how on uh, the Kings, even the Kings do it wrong. The Kings shoot everything facing the ticket window. Yeah. They should turn it and shoot so you have L.A. Live behind you. L.A. Live is amazing with all the different lights, and it looks great. Um, ESPN has never once taken advantage of no. the location where they are and giving you that feeling of it feels like a mini Times Square right Exactly there. right. Yeah. Exactly Terrible. right. Terrible. But all of them, Fox, Fox closed that studio. They should have been doing – that would have been like the place – like, I would have done NFL. I would have done everything right there. That's where you should be to give people a feeling like, God damn, this is exciting. Let me go somewhere and see it. Exactly right. Well, I'm glad you agree on that one because I was just sitting there watching going, this is insane to me on this Jets talk and and, and Saquon Barkley. And you're going, yeah. oh, okay, enough already. We're talking Aaron Donald, who just became, for a day, the highest paid yeah. defensive player in the league and the best defensive player. But there's so much talent and so many things going on, and especially with LeBron James now in town with the NBA and the ratings through the roof. It's uh, it's kind of interesting, but anyway, I, I think they're they're dropping the ball all the way around. I will say this about downtown L.A. That downtown L.A. there had always been kind of an energy about it to me, and it felt like the energy had come back over the last I don't know maybe starting with Staples Center through L.A. Live, Wilshire Grand, doing all those different things that they've done. Seventh and Fig is a fun little area right there, but yesterday I was on. Uh, Los Angeles Street okay. by about 6th. And um, God damn, man. It's just, it's really devastating. The problem with the homeless yeah. and the mentally ill that are there. Because Dave, it's just people that are full-on tents. 
tents set up in the sidewalk in downtown LA. And when you see them, um, like there's three or four tents set up now. And then as you make your way through, um, you're seeing people that are just full on having conversations with the voices in their head. And maybe they all have Bluetooth in their ears and they're talking to somebody. They are not. No, sorry. they are not. And but Dave, I'm, I'm going. Yeah. Where, where's this dude going? Yeah. Where's he going tonight? Where's he going? Where's he going to sleep? What happened? I, I think it's different where I'm at in my life is that I look at that and I, I'll often say to my sons, what freaks me out is they were all 10 year old kids at one time. Yeah. And it scares me as a parent. Now, look, I, I'm pretty safe in guessing that my kids' path has been different than their path, and I'm doing my best to keep them on a normal path. But I think, I mean, look what happened. Shit, we didn't even touch on what happened in Del Mar yesterday. How the fuck do... Uh, Dude, I just told you I wanted to go. Remember I told you before the yeah. show? I said I want to go see Ice Cube. I, I think that's the craziest shit. How, how long is this podcast going? It's gone an hour 21. All right, we're, it's going to wrap up real quick so Dave can get ready for tomorrow the way we started. But Dave, how fucked up have things become in this country where if we had done this show five years ago, yeah. six years ago, this entire show would have been about Del Mar. Exactly. And look, that kid uh, didn't die. What the fuck is he doing pulling a gun out? And who the fuck are any of you to give the cops shit for doing what they did? Fuck you. Yeah. I worked right where that kid was. I went there every fucking day. I didn't have anything. That kid's a fucking punk. Kid's a fucking punk. And God bless uh, the the people who wear that uniform that did what they had to do to protect the people there. You know, some of these fuckheads in this city that immediately are like, oh, they could have done this. Or that. Hey, fuck you. I got a split-second decision. Exactly. And I've got a kid with a gun. He's fucking going down. What kind of dipshit brings a gun to that Ice Cube concert? Uh, f fuck that kid. Sorry. <laughs> fuck him. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm sure I'll hear about it. Just like I heard from the fucking dork today. Hey, how can you not be into war? And I started to respond. I'm like, you got 35 fucking followers. There's more people waiting for the trolley at San Diego State, you dick. Go tell somebody who gives a shit. You fucking dork. I told you last night. Go fuck a girl. You fucking pencil pushing dipshit. But I, I looked at Twitter today. Because Scott Kaplan and Allie were going to that story, yeah. going to that last night. And a lot of friends were going to that last night. <clears throat> and my buddy Craig Dato works at Del Mar. And my buddy Deuce Spruce and my friend yeah. Stephanie Lawrence and, and you know, uh, Johnny Accarelli and so many other people work there. But all of a sudden, we're supposed to feel sympathy for that asshole kid. Yeah. Fuck him. I couldn't give less of a shit about that kid. Fucking kid. What kind of dick does that? And, and who are you to go, oh, the cops are this or that? Cops should come over to your house and fucking taser you. Thank, thank, all these guys that hate the cops, yeah, you're all, you're all hating the cops now until you need them. Did he go along with the concert? I don't know how, what happened. I'm after, yeah, after, after, after that, he did. Yeah, I was in L.A. I was yeah. in L.A. I, had a, I was coaching a baseball game. I missed the whole damn thing. Yeah, poor goddamn Derek Togerson. It fucked up his night. Did he play Today Was a Good Day? Or did he sing that one anymore? What? Ice Cube. Did he sing that song? I, I just said I was in L.A. I'm just saying. I didn't. I didn't bullets fire, you can't exactly sing Today Was a Good Day. What was great was the guys on TVG. They're gunshots at the track. Gunshots at the track. Okay. 
What are with these guys, Dave, that all feel like they have to repeat? I heard you the first time. Like Mark Grant today, uh, Fran Mill Reyes hits two home runs. Yeah. So Mud says, meal ticket. Well, Orsillo doesn't reply, so Mud determines, well, I better say it again, but louder. <laughs> meal ticket. Yeah, we heard you. This wasn't that good. Tourette's. Jesus. Yeah. Reyes, 15 home runs. It's two home runs today. Yeah. 13 of them solo shots. Great. How how about Will Myers bitching on the Fortnite yeah. video? How about that? How about Andy Green? This fucking guy, dude. This fucking guy <laughs> steps a, in it all over the place. He's just, he's Eeyore, yeah, isn't he? he is. They should have had Will Myers voice yeah. Eeyore. What'd you make of that shit at the track, though? Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, my gosh. You're talking about, I mean, as far as everything went yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm not disagreeing with anything you said. But when I found out there was a shooting, but I told you before we went on, I said I really wanted to go. If I wasn't yeah. coaching a game at 6 o'clock at night, I 100% would have been one of those guys that was down there. Yeah. I'm, I've always been in favor of the police. I say it all the time. I know my friends who are firemen always, always, always say, how can you give the firemen a hard time? That's always tongue-in-cheek. I'm just saying there aren't too many guys who hate the firemen. There are people who always hate the police. Yeah. Um, try, 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 hey, don't call them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because guess what? When shit goes down, you're always calling 911. I need the police. Yeah. Yeah, do what I'm doing. Sit here with this thing, strengthen your grip, and just go out. And when that guy has a gun, and he's holding it to your wife's yeah. head, say, "Hey, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a handshake contest." The guy will be like, "All right, you got it." Yeah, I went to Sears, and I got a couple of the goddamn uh, who's that guy? The world's strongest man. That uh, who's that? Joe dude? Joe Weeder. Joe Weeder. Yeah, I got a Franco Colombo. <laughs> Grip strengthener. Well, some of you, after you met Lisa Ann, I think you've been doing your own homemade grip strengthener. And off you go. Um, so there was that. What else? I had something else I was going to tell you. Yeah, I still am not sold on Andy Green as manager no. of this team. Although watching Fran Mill Reyes hit fucking two home runs today, it got yeah. the hell out of here in a hurry. Yeah, he's just a brutal fielder. Right? Yeah. So, I don't know, Brian Mitchell yeah. pitches ass that? up tonight. Now, Brian buddy. Mitchell makes you question, shit, if we had this guy the whole year, we gave up on him too early, this team could be a contender. <laughs> the guy pitches his ass off. Everyone's running to pick him up on fantasy. Uh, that's it. All right, there I'm trying go. to think. I don't think there's anything else. That's right. it. Dave and I will, have... I will play uh, Casey Kasem because we did have requests, so we'll end the show with Casey did, Kasem. Is yesterday's show up on SoundCloud? It is up. I finally, it took me forever to get it up there, but yeah, it's up. Everything's up, ready to go. SoundCloud, iTunes, everything's ready to go. All right, so the Patreon is coming. The new website is coming. We need a new logo as well. All of that is coming. Uh, everybody wish Dave good luck tomorrow. Have fun tomorrow, man. Yeah, it's I'm looking time. forward to it. It will be a good time. Thank and then you. Uh, we'll be back. When are we back? Next Sunday. All right, we'll see you back here next Sunday, everybody. Perfect. The countdown will begin this Sunday afternoon at 1, right here on the radio station you grew up with, Music Radio 138. Oh, fuck. What the hell's going on here? Oh, geez, well, isn't it the last hour? We got another hour to do? Geez, I thought we were almost finished. Good golly, Miss Molly. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2. Now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. 
And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. From coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. Now, make it, and I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see this week. This is a god, last goddamn time. I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is, uh, that, that's up-tempo, and I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying.